Life Audio. One of the things that we see in Israel's history is captivity. It happens a couple different times, but specifically with the Babylonian captivity, they were held for 70 years. And yet what we see in Psalm 70 is this declaration that the Lord is great. And so despite being in a season of waiting, they have this hope of deliverance that hasn't even happened yet, but yet they can sit there and pray and understand that the Lord is great. And that's what I want the prayer of my heart to be too, that when I'm in seasons of waiting, I can look forward and rest in the faithfulness of God and say that God is great. So after a word from our sponsor, we're going to unpack this psalm a little bit. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are going through Psalm 70, and this is part of our Psalm series where we are taking one Psalm a day and doing a devotional reading of the Psalms. And we're doing that because the Psalms is the hymn book and the prayer book of Jesus and the disciples. And it is the book that is quoted the most in the New Testament by the New Testament authors. And so one of the things that we learn in the Psalms is the nature and character of God, which then also informs us of the nature and character of Jesus. So we're using it as a foundational base line in our study of Jesus. Today we're in Psalm 70 and as we've been going through the Psalms, I just want to have a reminder for you that if you are signed up for my free newsletter, it comes out every Monday morning, you can go to shehears.org to sign up for that. You will get journaling prompts that go along with each of these Psalms. And the reason why we're doing journaling prompts is there's something that happens when we start to think about this process of getting the information from our head and into our hearts. And so we give you questions so that you can either use those as discussion points, or you can actually journal out, or you can even just use them to meditate and pray on throughout the day, or you can do an audio journal if you're not somebody that likes to write a lot. But what they do is they help you make the connection between the content that we're studying on the podcast, the free devotional podcast, and the actual daily rhythms of your life. And so again, every Monday that's free, it goes out to you in your inbox. If you would like the older prompts from, say you're just joining us and we're on number 70 and you want one through 50. Those are also available at shehears.org on the resources page. It's $5 for the first 50 of those journaling prompts. And there's some, it's a guided journal with some space to, to journal right there in there. You can print that out or you can use it like on your iPad or something. Um, but I pray that that's a blessing to you as we continue to process the information that we're learning in the Psalms. So I'm going to be reading from the NIV in Psalm chapter 70, verse one, and this is a Psalm of David. 
Hasten, O God, to save me. O Lord, come quickly to help me. May those who seek my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, Aha, aha, turn back because of their shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation always say, Let God be exalted. Yet I am poor and needy. Come quickly to help me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. Psalm 70 is a psalm that has a couple themes in it, but the overarching theme, the big idea of this psalm is really applied to this waiting community that is in the Babylonian exile. And they're able to say the Lord is great. And it's proclaiming it as a way of proclaiming the hope and the deliverance that's yet to come. It has not experienced, but they know that God is faithful and he's going to deliver on his promise. And so even as they are still in exile, they can pray this prayer of come quickly, Lord, but they still know that God is great. The Lord is great. And I love that, that, that key theme of this Psalm is that God is great and we can identify them. And we can also identify with the poor and the needy that is mentioned here. This Psalm is really, I don't know if you're paying attention, but it's a duplication of Psalm 40 verses 13 through 17, which we've already done. So some of this may sound a little familiar, um, but this Psalm also has some of the features of a lament Psalm. And the laments, if you haven't been with us for a while, the laments are just like these complaint prayer Psalms. And it can kind of fit in that category because it is you know, a personal prayer, but yet there's this aspect of community as it is a community that is all in exile together. There are some linguistic similarities between the two, and I'm not going to go through all of them, but there are some ways that we can kind of compare the Psalms before and after, and we can also look through the language to kind of point towards what David is trying to get at. And so this theme of shame is something when it talks about, may those who hope in you not be disgraced because of me. You you can tell that he is kind of in this place of recognizing shame. So that would have been in 69. And then in 70, he says, may those who want to take my life be put to shame. And so he's talking against his enemies in, in the area of shame. And if you don't understand shame, you know, the ancient Near Eastern culture was very much like a lot of cultures today outside of the U.S. that really resonate with this idea of shame. It's It's kind of the lens with how their cultures operate. And because I get to travel and where I work in several different countries, I get to see this firsthand and how it even impacts how they receive the hope of the gospel. Because in shame cultures, shame is worth worse than death in, in many, in many occasions. I mean, in some of the places that I work, salvation even has to be communicated in the in terms of community because if one person comes to faith in Jesus then they are shamed out of that community and shame for them is worse than death they'd rather die than be shamed out of their community but yet if the whole community comes to faith in Christ then they do everything in community together and even with things like um, UNICEF UNICEF would go in 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 different countries in Africa and they would have 
AIDS and HIV medication. Most most of the time it was full-blown AIDS, but they would have this medication available so that if they took these shots, it was a preventative. And the shots were very much available in this one community I was working in, in East Africa. And they had people that were dying, like rapidly dying from HIV and AIDS. And I said to one of the pastors there, I said, why don't people go and get this medication? It's literally right there in the town. It's free. They'll even come to your house. And he said, well, in this culture, they understand disease to be connected to sin. And, or even if they weren't believers, they would have it connected to a curse. Like the gods must be upset with you or the spirits must be upset with you. So if people see you going to get this medication, they will know that you have the disease. And if you have the disease that brings shame upon your family and the shame would follow you after you die, meaning it would even go towards your children. And so in their mind, it would be better to die of even if it was suspected, it would be an unknown reason why they died instead of openly admitting that they had this disease. Because if this, you had this disease, then it would mean that you must have done something to bring this on yourself. In a very similar way, that is the context of the culture that David was living in, in the ancient Near Eastern culture. They were a shame-based culture. And so this theme of shame we see both in the surrounding chapters and also in uh, Psalm 70. Now, while we're reading from the NIV, and I and I choose that on purpose because a lot of people that listen are fairly new to reading the scriptures, and it's typically a very easy to understand translation, I want to point something out in verse 4. It says, But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation always say, Let God be exalted. That sounds a little bit different than how I uh, started off the episode where it's talking about the Lord is great. But in the NIV translation, it is translated as being exalted. But this is an occasion where I think it's important to look at the original text, the original language. And in the original Hebrew, it reads God is great. And so we're talking about um, essentially the same meaning, but but traditionally when you hear this taught or preached, the, the verbiage that they would have used is the Lord is great. God is great. I think we're going to take a quick break right now. And after we have a word from our sponsor, we'll come back and we'll finish up the rest of the psalm. Stay tuned. So as we think about Psalm 70 in our own context, you know, they were in exile. They were in a situation where they were waiting for God to deliver them. For me, what I think of in our context is something that the scholars, the biblical scholars would would call the already not yet. And what I mean by that is we know that God has already won the battle over sin and death and the evil in this world, but it hasn't happened yet. Now, yes, we can have individual victories in our lives, but in in the context of the entire world, it hasn't happened yet. It's something we're looking forward to, you know, depending on what you believe about the tribulation, pre-trib, post-trib, um, mid-trib. You know, I'm not going to get into all that today, but but essentially there will be a time where Jesus will come back as judge and he will deal once and for all with the evil of this world. And so what I think about when I hear this prayer, come quickly, Lord, we can 
have this idea and this mentality that God is great, but still have this prayer of come quickly, Lord, because we're living in this tension. And while we might not be in exile, we're not in captivity, we do live in a place that is not our home. And that's what the Israelites were going through. I mean, they were in Babylon and while they were together and they had community and they were able to have some semblance of, of a little bit of a normal life in that situation, they were not in their home. They were exiles. That's the same thing for us. We are not in our home. This world is not our home. We are living to build the kingdom, which is on the other side of eternity. And so as we are living as believers in this fallen world, and we deal with some of the chaos that is part of our day-to-day life, and you know, not just in our own countries, but globally, the mess that is the culture right now, we find ourselves groaning like, okay, God, just come soon, like put an end to this. And yet we can still say as believers, we know that God is great. We can trust him, even though it's not our timing, we can trust him to act in his timing. And so it's sitting with this tension of the already and the not yet. We know that God is faithful and he will eventually come and redeem this fallen world. But in the meantime, we can still declare that God is great. So with that insight, I'm going to go ahead and reread Psalm 70, starting at verse one. Hasten, O God, to save me. O Lord, come quickly to help me. May those who seek my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, aha, aha, turn back because of their shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May may those who love your salvation always say, let God be exalted. Yet I am poor and needy. Come quickly to help me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. God, be with us in this tension that we feel of the already and the not yet. Just like the Israelites were in this place of not being in their home, being captive in this place that was just um, causing them to suffer. Lord, they could both pray, come quickly, Lord, but they could also pray, God is great. So Lord, let that be the posture of our hearts. When we are feeling the tension of living in this world, but not being of this world, let us declare boldly that God is great, but let us not forget to pray, Lord, come quickly. Lord, I thank you for the way that you even just so many years ago uh, were able to speak to this situation of, of, of feeling this tension and give us this example that, that David has written about. Lord, help us to remember that the God that is real revealed in the pages of the Psalms is the same God that we serve today. Lord, I pray for my friends today that as they rest in the knowledge that you are coming, Lord, that they can also declare that you are great. It's in your name I ask these things. Amen. Hey friend, do you feel like you need a little one-on-one? My goal for the She Hears Ministry, the Hearing Jesus podcast, all the resources that we have is to really help you learn how to hear God's voice so that you can be confident in your relationship with him. And if you're struggling to learn how to identify or even overcome the barriers that you have in your life to growth, I want to be able to walk through that with you. Did you know that I'm a Christian life coach? Maybe you're struggling with something and you need some objective biblical insight or opinions, or maybe you need to work through something that feels just a little bit too heavy to do on your own. I would love to walk through that with you and land on some practical ways to achieve that goal. And so I have some limited coaching opportunities. If you go to shehears.org, there's a section where you can schedule some one-on-one time with me. I have Mondays and Fridays open right now going into the new year. So I pray that if that is something that you need, that you've been 
praying about that it would be an opportunity for you to take advantage of some one-on-one time with me. And again, my heart is really to help you lean into whatever it is that God is calling you to do. I pray that that's a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.